Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 14th of October. India's coronavirus numbers surged past 72,39,000 or 7.23 million cases with a fresh spike of over 63,000 infections in the last 24 hours. The death toll stands at over 1,10,000 after 730 new deaths were registered. In a welcome trend, India's growth rate of COVID-19 cases for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic has fallen to under 1% a day. The Centre on Tuesday cautioned the public to follow social distancing norms ahead of the approaching holiday season. Dr. V.K. Paul, a member of Niti Aayog during a health ministry briefing said, and I quote, Virus ko achcha lagta hai jab hum ikatthe hote hain. Wo uska fayda uthata hai. Meaning, the virus is happy when we crowd together. It takes advantage of it. Unquote. The centre pointed out that 47% of nationwide COVID-19 deaths have been recorded among those below 60 years of age. It also cautioned against laxity towards COVID safety measures, stating that respiratory diseases tend to escalate in winter. Mizoram, the only state with a fatality count of zero, reported as many as 10 new cases in the last 24 hours. The current number of active cases in the state stands at 119. In another update from the Northeast, Assam is showing a downward trend in COVID positivity. Health Minister Himanta Biswa Sarma said that the COVID-19 curve has begun to flatten. The COVID positivity rate in the state declined from over 8% in September to 1.41% yesterday. Kerala, the state with the highest number of active cases after Maharashtra and Karnataka, continues to be the fastest growing with a growth rate of 3.26% a day. The state added over 8,700 cases on Tuesday, crossing the 3 lakh mark. The state to record the biggest fall in growth rate was Maharashtra. It has begun to report less than 1,000 cases a day in contrast with a month earlier when its daily cases were touching up to 25,000. In an official letter to Maharashtra Chief Minister Udhav Thakre, the governor of the state, Bhagat Singh Koshyari, demanded the immediate reopening of places of worship in the state. In a rather mocking tone, the governor asked the chief minister if he had turned secular since he had allowed bars and restaurants to reopen. Udhav Thakre responded by reminding Koshyari that the word secular is in the constitution that he had sworn to protect when he took oath as the chief minister. Governor Koshyari's letter was sent on Monday while Thakre hit back on Tuesday, stating that he did not need his Hindutva credentials certified by Koshyari. NCP leader Sharad Pawar showed his support to Udhav Thakre with a strong letter to the Prime Minister expressing shock and surprise at the intemperate language used by the governor. Fifteen people have died in Hyderabad in rain-related incidents. Several areas of the city are severely flooded. Fourteen districts of Telangana have been affected owing to heavy rain over the last three days. Hyderabad received over 20-centimetre rains in the last 24 hours alone. Most parts of the city and adjoining areas remained inundated throughout Tuesday evening even as disaster response and relief teams were on the ground. Overflowing tanks and lakes resulted in water entering homes in low-lying areas. Vehicles were washed away and power supply has been snapped in several localities. The weather department predicted in its latest forecast for today and tomorrow that isolated places in Telangana will experience heavy to very heavy rain. The Greater Hyderabad Municipal Corporation advised people to stay indoors. According to the weather department, the heavy rains were triggered by a deep depression over the western central Bay of Bengal. Such floods, however, are not a new phenomenon in Hyderabad. 
Musi River has been a cause of frequent floods in Hyderabad in the past. The city is also built on a system of catchments with the Godavari River basin on the western edge to the Krishna River basin on the east. Hyderabad is also located in the Deccan region which has a chaotic drainage pattern. As far as civic failures are concerned, poor waste management could be a contributing factor. All the industrial waste and sewage is dumped into the lakes in and around the city leading to the overflowing of water bodies. The CBI investigation into the Hathras case began today with a team of officials visiting the victim's family. This comes about a month after the 19-year-old Dalit girl was allegedly gang-raped by four upper-caste men in Uttar Pradesh's Hathras. The girl succumbed to her injuries in Delhi's Safdarjung Hospital last month. The Uttar Pradesh government today requested the Supreme Court to monitor the ongoing CBI probe. The state government added that it is committed to providing complete security to the victim's family and witnesses. It also requested the top court to direct the CBI to submit fortnightly status reports to the state government so that the state police can file the same in Supreme Court. The Apex Court is scheduled to take up the case tomorrow. The CBI team visited the scene of crime, a millet field, yesterday. According to the victim's brother, it was where the accused had tried to strangle the victim. The victim's mother was also taken to the crime scene by the CBI when she was returning home after a brief hospital visit. A forensic expert was also accompanying the CBI officials, police personnel and the woman's brother to the crime scene. The team also visited the site where the victim was forcefully cremated. In another update from Hatras, the Lucknow bench of Allahabad High Court questioned the UP police on Monday over its handling of the case. The court questioned the UP police's claim that the victim was not raped. It also said, and I quote, her hurried cremation was prima facie an infringement upon the human rights of the victim and her family, unquote. Dear listeners, most of you must know that we at News Laundry have been consistently reporting on the Hathras case with detailed ground reports that have been cited by various news platforms. Our reporters Akanksha and Nidhi travelled to Hathras again a few days ago and their latest report is up on our website now. Nidhi and Akanksha noticed the heightened sense of vigilance by the administration that was on display in Hathras. Their ID cards were cross-checked more than once at an entry point. Media and security personnel have congregated at the village and rumours ranged from honour killing to Naxal interference. To find out more about what's going on, do read their report titled Amid Slander and Constant Vigil, Hathras Victims' Family Seeks Closure. Also, do check out the other ground reports by Nidhiyana Kangsha on Hathras. Dear listeners, quality ground reports like these not only require hard work and time but also resources. Now, most of you know that News Laundry, in order to stay independent and to bring you stories that really matter, choose to be 100% free of advertisements, whether it is from the government or any corporates. So, to continue doing the work we do, we need your support. Please pay to keep news free by subscribing to News Laundry today. Go to our website newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Former Chief Minister of Jammu and Kashmir, Mehbooba Mufti, was released yesterday after 14 months of being arrested. This comes after the Jammu and Kashmir government revoked her detention under the Public Safety Act. The Public Safety Act of Jammu and Kashmir, which is often called Draconian, was introduced in 1978. The Act is a preventive detention law under which a person is taken into custody to prevent them from acting harmfully against the security of the state or the maintenance of public order. After the scrapping of Kashmir's special status, 412 people have been booked under the PSA, including youths and mainstream leaders. 
The decision of Mufti's release came two days before her daughter Iltija's petition challenging her mother's detention was scheduled to be heard in the Supreme Court. After her release, Mufti posted an audio message on Twitter saying that the people of Jammu and Kashmir cannot forget the robbery and humiliation of August 5th last year. She also said in her audio message, and I quote, Now all of us have to reiterate, we will have to take back what New Delhi snatched from us illegally, undemocratically and unconstitutionally. In addition to this, we will also have to continue our struggle for the resolution of the Kashmir issue for which thousands of people have sacrificed their lives. I agree that this path would not be easy, but I have belief that our courage and our determination will help us cross this road. Unquote. Mufti was initially put under preventive detention for six months. As it expired, the government slapped the PSA against her on February 5th of 2020. Her detention under the PSA was extended again on 31st of July. On April 7th, after the COVID-19 pandemic hit, Mufti was shifted to her residence, which was then declared a subsidiary jail by the government. While Mufti wasn't the only mainstream leader to be detained after the abrogation of Article 370, she is the last one to be released after the release of Omar Abdullah, the leader of the Jammu and Kashmir National Conference Party. Do check out Abhinandan Sekri's interview of the former and the youngest Chief Minister of Jammu and Kashmir, Omar Abdullah, on Newslaundry.com. Abdullah, like his longtime political rival Mehbooba Mufti, insists that the dismantling of the erstwhile state's autonomy was entirely illegal and unconstitutional. Apart from the abrogation of Article 370, the former chief minister also talked about BJP's Kashmir policy under Atal Bihari Vajpayee, the idea of Kashmiriyat, and a lot more. You'll find the interview on our website, newslaundry.com. A 23-year-old law student who had accused former BJP MP Chenmaya Anand of rape last year turned hostile at a special court hearing in Lucknow on Tuesday. The 72-year-old Chenmaya Anand was arrested last year in the rape case and was granted bail in February. The student refused to accept any of the allegations she had made earlier while appearing in front of the special court judge. The prosecution made an appeal to file a case under Section 340 of the CRPC against the student. This section of the criminal code relates to false claim and false prosecution in a case. The law student who was enrolled in one of Chinmayanan's educational institutions in Shah Jahanpur in Uttar Pradesh had accused him of sexually exploiting her for over a year. The FIR was filed on September 5th last year. To know more about the case, you can check out Ayush Tiwari's older reports from last year on newslaundry.com. It looks like jewellery brand Tanishq pulling down the advertisement that caused mayhem on Twitter was not enough. The ad in question featured an interfaith marriage, ironically made with the idea of promoting communal harmony. The ad depicted the woman's Muslim mother-in-law throwing a traditional Hindu baby shower for the daughter-in-law. However, since it featured a Hindu woman married into a Muslim family, many people, especially from the right wing, including an army of trolls, accused the Tata-owned jewellery brand Tanishq of promoting love jihad. Tanishq hurriedly pulled down the advertisement yesterday. But that did not stop a mob of alleged Hindutva supporters from barging into a Tanishq showroom in Gandhidham town of Kutch in Gujarat and abusing the staff there. The mob also pasted a poster on the showroom door which stated that Tanishq was apologizing to Samagra Kach Jilla Hindu Samaj for its advertisement. Titan stocks fell sharply alongside the controversy on Tuesday, ending 2.1% down on the Bombay Stock Exchange and 2.5% down on the National Stock Exchange. And now for some international updates. More than 38.1 million people around the world have now been infected with COVID-19. 
1.09 million out of these have lost their lives to the disease. Days after the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to the United Nations World Food Programme, Oxfam, in a report published recently, has said, and I quote, The threat of COVID famines and widespread extreme hunger is setting off every alarm bell within the international community, but so far sluggish funding is hampering humanitarian agencies' efforts to deliver urgent assistance to people in need. Unquote. The NGO highlighted how funding for 55 million people facing extreme hunger in seven worst-affected countries, namely Afghanistan, Somalia, Burkina Faso, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Nigeria, South Sudan and Yemen, was abysmally low. Just a day after Johnson & Johnson announced it was forced to pause the trial of its experimental coronavirus vaccine because a volunteer fell ill, U.S. drugmaker Eli Lilly has suspended its clinical trial of its COVID-19 antibody treatment because of a safety concern. The company does not yet know if the person was given the vaccine or a placebo. The setbacks with the Eli Lilly antibody drug and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine have dented confidence amongst investors, which was evident in the world's financial markets such as Wall Street. With the U.S. election around the corner and the pandemic still raging on, Democratic candidate Joe Biden at a rally in Florida said that Donald Trump views older voters as expendable and forgettable. Speaking to about 50 people at a socially distanced event in Broward County in South Florida, Biden said Trump had recklessly dismissed the threat that the virus had posed to their at-risk population. An opinion research and Guardian opinion poll shows Biden's lead over Trump surging to a record 17 points. Some 57% of likely voters said that they intended to vote for Biden, while just 40% said they would vote for the incumbent president. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.